Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Okay, before we get into this episode of Friday. I want to remind you that my 2019 mastermind is filling up quickly in terms of the applications rolling in. Now, I've not started my pre-qualification phone calls yet, but remember, this is on a first-come, first-served basis for at least getting your applications in line. I go through them all. I look for the best fit, and then I set up a phone call to see if it's a great fit between you, me, and our existing group. So, if you are at all interested, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind. So the mastermind is the fastest way I know of to 10x your business, up-level your tribe, and get a clear path to grow your business and your relationship to the next level. It's like a significant shortcut for you. So Look at it this way. What if by this time next year, your profits 10X and you spent less time working and had more time with your family and your friends doing the things that light you up? And what if you did it with the highest level entrepreneurs on the planet? And what if you learned all of this while you were experiencing some of the most amazing adventures places, and cities in the world. Stop the what ifs and choose, make a decision to make this happen. So go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and fill out the application. In the mastermind, I'll put you into a group of high level achievers where everyone is at your level or higher, and you'll be in three different masterminds throughout the year going to three different locations and being a part of what I call an experiential learning environment. I learn best by doing cool things with cool people and not in the back of a Holiday Inn conference room. So I redesigned the entire mastermind concept and made it fully immersive experiences. I made the long conference room tables disappear, you know, the one with the mints and the water, it's all gone. So who's it for? Any upper six-figure earner that is at $300,000 or above, or those that have just barely squeaked over their first million and are looking to learn how to get past the multiple seven-figure range year after year. So even if you're just curious, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and click apply. Do not let this negative self-chatter get in the way. We all have it, by the way. Power through it. Power through it. You can do it. All right, let's get on with the episode. Well, Kimberly, New Year's Murgatroyd. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to use my maiden name for a second there. What is your maiden name? Uh, it's 
been a long time. It's but. been a long time. It's like all of a sudden when you get married, it's like you have a new name and that's all you got, right? And that's all you got. Yeah. No, my my maiden is Nucus, which is awesome when you're a kid because people call you Mucus and Pucus and all of the other awesome bullying names. Well, that's unusual because with the name Murgatroyd, I've never actually had any trouble with it. I mean, everybody just knows how to spell it, how to say it, and they don't make okay, fun well, of it. Listen, or think of a all... snaggle or think of <laughs> Snagglepuss or think of a transformer. But other than that, it's a very normal name. Oh, well, I would much rather the icebreaker conversation of is it Snagglepuss or a Transformer versus Pucus Nucus. Speaking of Pucus Nucus, it's the best segue I had for this. <laughs> you know what we're going to talk about today? What are we talking about? We are going to talk about relationships because one of the things, I guess it's because you and I are a couple, people are asking us about relationships. So, you know, it's interesting. I remember recently, let's just leave it at recently so we don't call anybody out. Oh but my God. recently we were at a social type environment. We'll call it- Wow, a, we're, being, we're being super vague. We'll okay. call it We like, were at a social environment recently and- And you know when you're with the couple, the other couple, and it starts off as a joke. You know, somebody says something, you know, kind of funny that- you know, maybe doesn't really register on your radar as being a jab, but then you sort of either consciously or your unconscious picks up. Or you see the look on the spouse's face. Or you see the look <laughs> on the other spouse's face that it was a jab. And then as time goes on, the left-right hooks keep coming, but they're all done under a little... <laughs> <laughs> kind of um, kind of thing. Well, there's a lot of that going on. And I thought today that we can kind of dig into a little bit of that. So you want to kind of like walk us through what we're going to do today and how we're going to do it? Yeah, sure. So we're basically going to give you guys three strategies or talk about three different parts of improving your relationship. And, you know, Rob and I, we've talked about this before. You can go back to many other podcasts where we talk about how we work together, live together, have a family together, have a blended family, and how we've managed to work it all out over the last 15 years or so without killing each other. By the way, when you say blended oh my family, God, do you know I always what? what? Today, yeah. Today, the day we're recording this, not the day necessarily it launches. Today, 15 years ago, was our first date. Well, by the way, we're recording this and it's launching tomorrow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because we're like <laughs> weeks behind in yeah, everything. So it's basically the day we're recording it. It's being listen, launched. But it's 15 years ago today that you asked me out for the hundredth time and I finally accepted and we went out to dinner. Ladies, if it sounds like I'm not getting very and excited- And I wore a purple shirt and black pants. It's because my wife will wake up in the morning <laughs> and she'll go, oh my God. And I'll be like, what? And she'll be like, 11 years ago today was the day that you said supercalifragilistic and we both laughed and I was wearing green clam diggers. Okay, that was first of all, not me. That must've been an ex-girlfriend. I just, I just made that up, honey. But you know what? You should be so- Excited that I love you so much that I remember crazy things. I am. Are we going to help these people today? We what? are going to help these I mean, people. there's people dying so, today without this advice. I know, they're dying. Okay, so here's the thing. We have had a great relationship. We've had great communication. We have had all of these things, but then problems come in. And then what do you do? All, all, all things go to hell at that point, right? You're amazing, fun, 
let's call it honeymoon period fizzles the moment some real shit comes in. And we've had our share of real stuff, but we also made a commitment that you and I, let's be real. We started dating today, 15 years ago. Just want to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. And... We black could, pants. Was black, it black pants it was and black a purple shirt. Purple shirt, yeah. Um, we could. We went to Twist. I was late, got did pulled I, over. Did I take them both off that night? Or? No, you did not. And do not even say that. I have parents, <laughs> for God's sake, and oh, children. They have no idea how to work a podcast. Who are you kidding? That's true. So yeah, 15 years ago. So in that time though, if we're honest, you and I probably could have gotten married pretty quickly mm-hmm. because we both knew that the other was the one, right? Is that fair to say? Well, certainly from your end. I mean, all, oh you, had, all you had all you had to do is just look and you're like, this is the guy. I mean, you oh know, there was God. there was no question for you. Now, uh, for me, <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Yes, I could have married you the, the night of our first date. Yeah, so, and I feel the same way, but we forced ourselves to commit to not getting married for two years and to do lots and lots of personal development in regards to relationships during that period of time, which I think was the best decision other than marrying me that you ever made because that was led by you. I didn't even know what the hell personal development was. I knew there was a self-help section of a a bookstore and I thought you were supposed to make fun of people that went there. I I was really, really bad, okay? 15 years later, I'm a much different person. But you really led the charge for us to do a lot of personal development. So that's why... I believe, one, we've been able to survive everything we've been through together, and two, be able to have actual tools in a toolbox to help our friends and now podcast listeners. In fact, it was so crazy. Like the second year in our network marketing company, we have this event in August called Celebration, and they do a leadership event. And it's for the top earners in the company. The owners of the company sit front and center. And one day I'm sitting here and I get a call from corporate and they're like, we would like you and Rob to do our leadership event and talking about working together as a couple. I didn't even know they knew who we were. And we ended up leading this big leadership event because so many people now in the age of you know digital marketing and network marketing and you know being your own boss, boss babe, go everybody... A lot of people are working together in relationships and they're not used to that. You're used to, you go to your job, I go to my job, we come home, we have dinner, we talk about our day. They're not used to this 24-7 style life that you and I have had basically for 15 years. So I think that's why people come to us, but I digress. So today. You know, when you said girl power, sorry, it made me think of something. Oh my God. You know how the t-shirts now, every girl has a slay this and a slay that and there's an AF at the end of everything. (laughs) How, you basically describe my entire wardrobe in how one co- sentence. How come guys don't have that? Why don't I have like slay AF on on my <laughs> tank top at I the gym? I don't know, but I wish you did. You know, like why is there not like, you know, dude tribe? We, because you don't need that. Guy, well, first of all, there's no tribes for you. But second of all, and that's not true, but you get, get, get what I'm saying. Second, I think guys are naturally seen as the ones that go out and kill the lion. And so- I'm scared. For have you seen a lion? Guys with the, except you. My God, with the teeth and the whole thing. Holy like crap. the actually How the only there is one lion. There is one lion. There's oh one lion, God. and we just watched. Him. Guys, I'm so sorry about. We this. just watched him. It was on the what's the name of the movie with the Holy crap. There's no place like home. What's it called? The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, the, the cowardly li- lion. <laughs> yeah, he's That's fine. You? Uh, no, it's not me. He's the lion. I feel like I could take. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So. 
Let's get to it. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is contempt and resentment. Okay. Oh, you know what you didn't put on here? Bids. Put that on here too. Okay. We'll talk about that. Okay. So contempt and resentment, right? Yep. So where does that begin to build? You and I, let's talk about the other day. Well, let's let's define it. Yeah. So, well, what's contempt? So contempt is a little bit different, difficult to describe via audio medium, but I will say it's kind of like this. Let's say that you're out to dinner with your wife and you, uh, the other couple says, uh, yeah, you know, it's New Year's Eve and, you know, I'm going to, or one of the guys in the other couple says it's New Year's Eve and I'm going to, I'm going to drop 15 pounds this year. And your wife rolls her eyes. Okay. Your wife? Or the somebody rolls their eyes at their okay? husband. At their husband, okay. right? So if you're just trying to follow along, if you're rolling your eyes, as an example, you're being in contempt. Okay, so it's this: not you're not cheering for the other one. There's a bit of cynicism, like okay, here we go again. Yeah, okay, that's perfect. That's contempt. Yes, and resentment. I think we know what resentment is. You begin to you know blame your partner for whatever lack thereof. So the other day, let's use us, okay, instead of friends. So the other day, Sophia's out of school. We both, you know, have businesses. So now, you know, we have um, sold our previous business. We're both completely in this like new world of um, working from home. And Sophia's out of school. So we both need to get work done. And typically... I'm the one that brings Sophia to school. I pick her up. I kind of handle the day-to-day of Sophia and I work in between, you know, while she's at school. Rob wakes up in the morning, takes a shower, meditates, goes to the gym. Like he doesn't do much with Sophia during the day. His shift usually begins when he comes home at night and playing games and that kind of stuff. So it didn't really dawn on him that Sophia was home and that I might have to get some stuff done. So I walked over to Rob the other day and my bad for not for springing it on you that day, but I walked over to him and I was like, "Hey, so I need like two hours today to get some work done." the The look on your face <laughs> was like you're you had smoke coming out of your ears, and you were like, "Have you even seen my list? Do you even know what I have to do?" And I was like, "Okay, but I have to work too." And so we had this little like tiff, and I instead of resenting him and going, okay, fine, you know, MFR, I'm going to go blah, blah, blah. Instead of causing that fight, I literally simply said to him, I said, hey, so listen, she's home from school and I'm feeling like you're not on board with the fact that I actually have to work too. So we're both building businesses and this child's home from school and we both happen to have made her. So we need to share in this responsibility. And he was like, okay. And he left, went to the gym and then texted me and said, I totally get it. I'm sorry and for my response. And how, how does this schedule work for you? And so he is amazing at, you know, not looking at that and one resenting me or Sophia, <laughs> you know, for messing up his day and not having that contempt back and helping me solve the problem. Now, What I realized that I did wrong there because, and this is part of this, you have to know your spouse. So I know that this man is checklisted from the moment he wakes up with brushing his teeth till the moment he goes to bed with, you know, journaling or whatever he does right before bed. He has a checklist for the entire day of what he's going to do in a plan. So for me, the Aquarius, the free spirit to just pop in and be like, hey, can I steal two hours of your day? 
sent his Virgo into a tizzy. So my bad for that. So I apologize officially, publicly for that. Now, the lesson I learned was, let's do this in advance. Let's look now, now that I screwed up your day today and made your brain fry, can we look at the tomorrow in advance and see how we can maneuver this so we both get exactly what we need? Okay. Now, thank you for that. That was beautiful, actually. That was really long. No, that wasn't. That. Actually, there's a lot of lessons in there for people, including me, because I appreciate everything, everything that you just said. So let's take, the, let's take the concept of contempt. Let's just say that it didn't go the way that you just described. What contempt would have looked like, in short, would have been me rolling my eyes and saying, Kim, I have a thousand things on my list. You sprung this on the last minute. You always do this. Why do you always do this? You know I work with a schedule and stormed out and stayed in that, you know, stayed in that place. And then she would have responded in kind with, you know what? We have it and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So that's how you start going into contempt. And that's how you build resentment. Now here's the thing. The thing is that once you're in the stage of contentment, contempt, you have ratcheted up the first step in problems. There's four horsemen, which we've done in another podcast I won't go into here, but there's basically, they call it the four horsemen of the, the apocalypse. And the, the apocalypse is basically <laughs> a perfect word for it because that's exactly what happens. If you're in contempt and you start the eye rolling process, you're going to go to the next stage. So- the moment Kim and I feel, we don't do, we rarely go into contempt anymore. I can't even remember the last time. I mean, what was the last time? Like, I don't, I don't think we, so. I don't even think we I allow ourselves we, to go there. I think we probably do. And it's probably me more than you because I'm- And it's probably short lived. Yeah. I'm really a little bit more fiery and less patient. So I'm sure it's my fault. And I'm more contemptuous than it, just by nature, I think. So I'll take responsibility. For so that. the point <laughs> is that if you find yourself in a in a relationship where you're moving into contempt, eye rolling, sort of cynicism towards the other person, know just from a practical standpoint that if you don't correct that, you're gonna go to the next stage, and the next stage is not a pretty stage. All right, let's move on to number two, which is supporting each other's dream. Now, this is a, this is a really interesting one because you said something to me the other day. What you said to me was, you said, look, I want to feel like you are doing your work block, I'm doing my work block, and we are high-fiving each other because we're both working together. And it was a great frame for me to look through because I have a tendency, this will be a shocker for you, but I have a tendency <laughs> to be a little selfish and I have a tendency to focus on just what I'm after and think that what I'm after is, I, like I don't overtly go, my needs are more important than hers, but my nature is to be so focused on what I'm working on that I have to step out of that and go, oh, wait a minute, I have a partner here and I need to, so that doesn't come as natural for me as it does for you. So when you gently reminded me and said, I want to be able to feel like there's a tag team, like 
like, you know, you just did your two, three hour block and I watched Sophia. Let's tag team each other and go, you go in there, you go crush the network marketing business and you watch Sophia and we'll go back and forth. And that for me was a really good reframe in my day to say, okay, well, we're both working together on these things. How do we high five each other through the day so that she gets her stuff done? I get my stuff done and Sophia gets parents that are present with her. And one of the things that you also said is, you know, because we have a child, because we have a four-year-old and we're home working together, we can almost look at it like when you see these celebrities and the celebrities are, you know, both, you know, high level actors and they're always traveling and they're always on a movie set and they generally take movies you know, one will take a movie and the other one will be home with the kid. And then the other will take a movie and the other one will be home with the kid. But there's always somebody with the kid. So, you know, extrapolating on that idea is we always want one of us with Sophia so that she's not being parented by somebody else. And that's, so I don't know if that's of value to somebody that either wants to be working with their spouse and wants to be home raising a small child, but that's from a philosophical standpoint is how we look at it. Well, I think that's huge because I know in in my business, so it's it's interesting in network marketing because it's a female dominated business for sure. And women will come in and I have many teammates where the woman comes in, she be, you know, and the husband thinks it's cute. She's got a hobby. She's a stay-at-home mom and oh, it's so cute. You made a hundred bucks and high five, you know. But then she starts making like tens of thousands. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if it's the intimidation of, you know, the husband being the provider, but now the wife is able to like, you know, come close to matching the salary uh, from home. But this thing happens where I see some husbands will turn around and go, you know what? This is really cute, but it's taking a lot of your time and you should be with the kids more. And and things like that will come up. And I think what you and I are talking about, which is taking each our respective time and being with Sophia and then high-fiving and you know switching the role, I think that's what they're missing. And maybe because it's ego, maybe because I don't know why, maybe because it's a new, you know, strategy in their life. But I do have a lot of women that are always asking me, what do you do? And I know you had this the other day. Someone asked you on a podcast, I think, what do you do when your spouse doesn't support you? (laughs) And you and I don't have an answer because we don't have that relationship. But what I can say is do unto others as you want done unto you. Is that how you say it? Because if you support your spouse and you give your spouse what they need and how they need it and you're high-fiving them, then reciprocity is going to happen in a healthy relationship and they're going to want the same for you. And sometimes it takes having that kind of conversation and clarity around it as well. Yeah, I think so. And as you're sort of describing network marketing, for those listeners that are network marketers or thinking about getting into network marketing, and by the way, Kim, if somebody wants to learn more about what you do, what's the best way to get you? Uh, I suppose IG at Kim Murgatroyd. Okay. So if you're in that sort of world, I think, you know, and I've I've heard this from a lot of different dads, let's say, if the mom is in network marketing. Because it's not a traditional job where you can do it sort of in the pockets of your day, I don't think that people, I don't, men particularly, I don't think they perceive that as real work. And, you know, they go to work, they, you know, if they're in a cubicle or they're punching the clock or they're a salesperson or whatever it is, there's, you know, there's much more structure 
to that environment. And I think they view it as a hobby because they they may see you having a conversation with one of your team members, but not view that as actual work because it is work. Or they may see you, you know- At a coffee shop. At a coffee shop working. And they're like, you know, you're just, you're you're going on lunch dates and you're you're on conference calls, but Sounds it doesn't- Sounds pretty amazing. <laughs> it, well, it's an amazing lifestyle, but I think that they don't, they don't view it that way. So that's just a, uh, yeah, that's no, just an interesting way. They definitely don't. But I think, so the key in this one is support supporting each other's dreams and allowing that law of reciprocity to um, come forth in your relationship. All right. And number three, creating one vision for your family. So an example of that would be one vision board. The goal isn't money, it's lifestyle. Yeah. So for me, let's say in my business, I have goals, right? I want to hit the next level. I want to max out my business center. I want to you know, um, help five more teammates get to six figures. Like, by the way, I, you want to max your business center out. How much money is that? Just, just so I can, I can count, I can count how much money you're um, going to make. Somewhere between 700 and 1.5, 700,000 and 1.5 million. I'm quitting work. I'm not going <laughs> to, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to be your, I'm going to be your pool boy. That's what wait. I'm going to do. I'm oh. excited. Um, so anyway, uh, one vision. So I can have these goals in my business, right? And you can have goals to fill your mastermind. You can have goals to blow up your podcast and get in the top 20. You can have those goals, but the goal isn't necessarily the money or the title or the recognition of that. The goal is if you did all of your goals, right? If you hit yours and I hit mine, what lifestyle would that afford us? What would we do different? What is that magic wand? What is that thing that we're after? That is the joint vision. So you and I, it's four months in Europe and then moving to California and living in Manhattan Beach, Hermosa, right? Yep. And we have a vision board of what our life looks like, the coffee shop that I'm going to work at, apparently, the yoga studio we're going to go to, the school we want to put Sophia in, the house we want to have, the backyard I want to have, all of those things. We have one vision board because it's our dream. But our goals are different to get to that dream. I love I love that. So just just from a granular practical standpoint for those anal Virgos listening, what that means is get a vision board and do exactly what Kim just described, where you're cutting out pictures of what the family lifestyle looks like. And to give you a few more things, um, we have pictures of playing volleyball on the beach. We have pictures of Sophia's Montessori school. So it's a family vision board and we put it in the kitchen and we did that. I think that was your idea. Yeah. Uh, we put it in the kitchen. It's been there for probably three months now, six yeah, months. Six months, yeah. Okay. And when we sit there and have a cup of coffee, either in the morning or at night, we look at it and we talk about it. And it become in the beginning, it was like, oh my God, this is not going to be so easy to happen. But slowly, when you make it the center of your home, and the center of every home is always the kitchen, right? So when you put that in your kitchen, you look about it, you look at it, and it's a good idea to talk about it, I think, even with the kid. So we'll put, you know, I'll put Sophia on my lap and I'll point that and I'll see that. That's going to be your school. See that little garden? So your school in Manhattan Beach is going to do gardening with you. And that's the strawberry patch. Yeah. So one thing on getting, you know, it sounds great. Okay, get together and create this joint vision. Well, how do you do that? Because you have often, you have two people in two different careers that seemingly have two different goals. But and that's where you got to get creative. And I like the dream, uh, the dream line, Tim Ferriss's dream line. You can just Google that. There's a worksheet for it. 
you basically list out what do you want to have? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? I would add to that, where do you want to live? What do you want your life to look like? Magic wand, your you know, checking account has a gazillion dollars in it. You don't have to work. What do you want your life to look like? And then you reverse engineer that. And if you have... So for example, Rob and I, when we talk about like, where would you love to live? I would love to live in Europe. He would love to live in California. His reasoning for wanting to live in California, and it also makes more sense, obviously, logically, but we gave each other the gift of what we want. So even though I want to live in Europe, he wants to live in California, we're going to do four months in Europe and then move to California. So I can get a taste of it. He can get a taste of it. Maybe he'll like it and want to stay, who knows? But we work it out. So even though sometimes our dream isn't in exactly the same, we find a way to give each other what we want. And so I have women all the time. They're like, how do, you get my, how do I get my husband on board with my business? I'm like, find out what your husband wants and share with him how you excelling in this business is going to give him what he wants. That's the easiest way to get somebody, your spouse on board. I'll leave you with this. Say to yourself throughout the day, how do I help give my spouse what lights them up? Ask yourself that question every day. And I promise you, it is in our DNA, maybe not in the beginning, but if you consistently say, I want to give my spouse what he or she wants, eventually, if your spouse is a human and a half decent (laughs) person, eventually your spouse is gonna do the same for you. All right, and the last one, bonus bonus bidding. You wanted to talk about bidding. Oh yeah, so um, research by a guy named John Gottman found that couples who... He could, he's the guy who could predict divorce at a ridiculous rate. But basically what he said is couples who have been happily married, and it's a high number, like 10 years or more, um, and you know when you ask them, they're, they're happy. They bid 70 or more times a day. What's a bid? It's any movement towards the other person. It could be taking your hand, putting it on the person's shoulder while you're talking to them. It could be simply just looking at the person and talking to them. So any action that you take physically, or verbally towards the other person. And it could a little, be- A little pat on the caboose as you it, walk by. It, it, it could simply be, hey, honey, do you know where the remote control is? That's a bit. But not in a contemptuous way. But not in a contemptuous <laughs> way. They found that couples who are having problems just live like roommates, basically. And there's no bidding in between the other. And when I first heard it, I was like, 70 times. But honestly, when when Kim and I are in a good place, we're bidding all day long. And it does not mean, you know, like where you're kissing each other a thousand times a day. That's not what a bid is. It's any action at all, verbally or physically towards the other person. So you're not two ships passing in the night. Well, yeah, or you're not roommates. Okay, one last thing. With, you, you said that already. No, no, no. Okay, I know, but I just had a good one. So how, one thing about how you and I overcome contempt, okay? So contempt often comes from a characteristic in the other person that you don't necessarily love. And so you wanna be contemptuous about it, right? So somebody, maybe they have a lack of follow through. Maybe they have like a weird personality thing. I don't know. But that often that's where contempt comes from. So for you and I, the way that we have been able to handle contempt um, and not go into a contemptuous place with these personality things, I'm gonna give you an example in a second, is through laughter and making light of it. So for example, 
we, I don't know if we've talked about this here before, but it used to drive me crazy when Rob and I would get into like an argument or a heated discussion where he would be talking. And if I, like he'd be talking forever. And if I had a point that I wanted to make of something he just said, and I interrupted him to make a point or to rebut something, he would literally start over at the very beginning. Like, like like a record. Like he literally just picked up the needle and moved it back to the beginning and he'd start all over. And I was like, oh my God. Like after like the fourth time he'd start over, it was either you let him stand on a soapbox and do the speech and you take notes and then you come back later or he repeats himself. And so for the longest time, it was like, oh good, here we go again. And I'd roll my eyes and definitely some severe contempt was building on that one because I thought he was doing it like, in a, like to be a jerk, like, okay, so now I'm going to repeat myself. You know, I thought that's what was happening. But then our amazing friend, I think it was Darren White, told us that you have a linear brain and his brain goes from A to Z or somewhere that someone told you that. It was Darren. It was Darren, right? Yeah, you two think spatially. And I, I think, I don't know about his wife, but I think linearly. Yeah, so like I can have big bubbles all over and I can pop from one bubble to the next, one bubble to the next one. He's, his I'm getting, brain just fried. I, I'm getting hives when you think about yeah. that. So then, so his brain works linearly. So if he, if you interrupt him in the second paragraph, he's going back to the first sentence. And now that I know this about him, now we joke and I'm like, okay, so we're gonna pause your linear brain for just a second, you know, and we make a joke of it and it makes it, I mean, you're laughing now, it makes it so much better, but it used to drive me freaking bonkers back in the day. But that's the gift of doing personal development and learning about yourself through Strength Finder and other different personality tests is that you can see where your strengths are, but you can also see where your blind spots are. And your spouse can go, okay, well, this is not just him being a dick. This is actually a part of his personality and we need to find a workaround. And there's also two, There's also another side to that. And the other side is that just because I think linearly doesn't mean that my- The world my, revolves around Yeah, it. that my linear way is the only way that I need to be open to the fact that, you know, somebody who thinks spatially, if I want to- if I truly want to step into the world of personal development and I want to develop my person, <laughs> then I need to learn a little bit about how somebody else thinks in spatial bubbles and you know, say, okay, well, that's how she's thinking. Thing, things are popping in and train myself to be ambidextrous, if you will, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in how I think. Well, listen, honey, I think we covered everything and I think we just saved yeah. a lot of marriages right now. So uh, I think well, we're- Well, listen, happy 15 year from our first date anniversary. Happy 15 <laughs> years. And it was black pants and a purple shirt? Black pants and a purple shirt. We'll leave you with that, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.